Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of A Light Unto My Path podcast. Uh, today, we're continuing our study through the book of Revelation. Oh, yeah, I'm your host, Howard Sides. I forgot to throw that in there for those of you that don't know. It's not important, but anyhow, uh, so you know who's speaking anyway. Uh, we're continuing our study through uh, Revelation. We're in a new section. Uh, the book of Revelation is divided into... Uh, four sections, four sections, and I, I believe I got the division of the book from John Phillips' commentary, I think. It was a pretty good one, so I, I stuck with it. I'm pretty sure that's what I got, excuse me, where I <clears throat> got it from. But anyway, uh, the divisions are, uh, chapter one is the first division. That is the visions of God. That's part one, visions of God is chapter one. Uh, and then you have chapter 2 and chapter 3. Uh, these are the visions of grace. Visions of grace. And the third section, the one that we just finished and completed, uh, is chapter 4 all the way through chapter 20. Chapter 4 through chapter 20. And this is visions of government. Visions of government. And then the final division, which we will... Uh, start today. Chapter 21 and 22 are visions of glory. Visions of glory. And uh, like I said, we are, I'm kind of mirroring or paralleling this with my Sunday school class uh, just for the fact that um, I don't really have time to study two different things one for the podcast, one for Sunday school. So I'm just kind of doing it at the same time. I may, uh, when we finish Revelation, I may go back and uh, hit some studies we've done in the, in the past on the tabernacle, the book of Acts, uh, a great study there. I've done some on uh, some of the parables of Jesus. Uh, I think I've done some through select books like Jude, things like that. I don't know. I guess it just depends on how, what I feel like. But anyway, we got to get through this one first, right? Uh, but anyway, my Sunday school class. Now, we started our study in the book of Revelation uh, on May the 25th of 2014, and, and we've been in the book of Revelation since then. Uh, and you think, man, that's a long time. Uh, it, it, it's a loaded book. Uh, and, and again, I'll remind you, one of the reasons I decided to go through the book of Revelation is that you just don't hear a lot of people, uh, preachers, evangelists, however it is, pastors, preaching on the book of Revelation. And a lot of Christians that you talk to don't um, discuss Revelation a lot. And, and I think it's an intimidating book. I, I really think that's one of maybe the main reasons why. And that, so that's why we wanted to go through the book of uh, Revelation and, 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 and do away with the fears of the, of the prophecies and things that uh, there are some things in there that are really weird, it's really strange, and, and you kind of have to know what you're talking about, what you're reading. Uh, and just be confident in the Lord will lead you that way. So uh, that's what we're doing. Okay, so let's get into it uh, in our final section here, Visions of Glory. And as we get into it now, this ending of the Bible, uh, it's the last book in our uh, King James Bible, and it's the last two chapters within that book. And so it's 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 an interesting thing if you take that last two sections of Revelation, chapters of Revelation, and compare it to uh, the beginnings uh, in the book of Genesis, 
uh, th there are some unique uh, commonalities and characteristics that, that mirror each other. Uh, so in looking at the, con uh, let's compare them and, and contrast what, what's different about them and that sort of thing. Uh, now, Genesis is commonly called the book of beginnings. Uh, and that's basically because in the book of uh, Genesis, everything uh, takes its form and, and comes into being there. Uh, it is the beginning of everything we know. Uh, well, except God. God had a beginning alone before that. I don't think he even had a beginning is a better way to put it. God did not begin. He always was. And uh, the timeline, like our brains are wrapped around, that's hard to understand. That's hard to comprehend. God always was. Uh, how do you explain the beginning of a circle? Uh, you know, <laughs> all right, anyway. Uh, so Genesis is commonly called the book of beginnings. Now, Revelation has been called uh, Palin Genesis, P-A-L-I-N, Palin Genesis, which means the beginning again, the beginning again. Now, in this book, we see the finality of everything that was created or is created. We also see a new beginning for everything. Uh, Genesis is creation and Revelation is the recreation or consummation of creation. Where Genesis chapters 1, 2, and 3 could be titled the Alpha chapters. Revelation chapters 21 and 22 could be titled the Omega chapters. If you're not catching on to what that is, Alpha is the first letter of the Greek alphabet. Omega is the last letter of the alphabet. All right, now the correlating themes of uh, Genesis and Revelation. Uh, the first creation we see in Genesis 1-1, and uh, the last creation we see in Revelation 21 and verse 1. Uh, we see the earth is void in Genesis 1-2, and Revelation chapter 20 and verse 11, the earth void passes away. Third, you see that the earth renew, is renewed and blessed in Genesis 1 and 2. And then the earth is renewed and blessed in Revelation 21, 24. Uh, there is light before the sun in Genesis 1, 3. Uh, I know that's tricky. Think about that. <laughs> A lot of us think that our light comes from the sun. Our light actually comes from God. It is reflected in the sun. And yes, the sun is the burning orb which gives us light, but it came from God. Uh, but, but we'll see that. Uh, we'll get into a little bit more about that. We'll talk about this light. But in Genesis, we see that the light comes before the sun, Genesis 1, 3. And then we also see that the light is before the sun in uh, Revelation 21, verses 23 through 25. Uh, there is the tree of life in Genesis chapter 2 and 9, verse 9. We also see the tree of life again in Revelation 22 and verse 14. Uh, we see the Edenic River, the River of Eden, Genesis chapter 2 and verse 10. And then we see the River of Water of Life, the River of Water of Life, Revelation 22 verses 1 and 2. Uh, we see gold and precious stones in Genesis chapter 2, 11 and 12. Genesis 2, 11 and 12. And then we also see gold and precious stones here in Revelation 21, verses 18 through 21. We see the bride, Adam's wife, in Genesis 2, 21 and 22. And we see the bride, Christ's 
wife in Revelation chapter 21 and verse 2. Uh, we also see that Satan enters in in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1. And then we see that Satan is cast out in Revelation chapter 20, uh, verses 1 through 3, and then verse 10. We see that man is driven out of the Garden of Eden in Genesis uh, 3, verse 24. And then we see man enters in the New Jerusalem in Revelation 22 and verse 14. And then we see where final uh, final point here, sorrow, suffering, and death enters in. In Genesis chapter 3, verses 16 through 19. And then we see that sorrow, suffering, and death are forever passed away in Revelation 21 and verse 4. So there's these mirrors, things that are mentioned in Genesis are also mentioned uh, in Revelation. Some things are the same. Some things have passed away. And some things are renewed. Some things are done away with. Uh, but they correspond with each other. Okay, now we mentioned this uh, light before, that there was light before the sun. Uh, if you want to turn to the book of Genesis, we'll, we'll go over that. Uh, we haven't read any scripture today, so um, I'll tell you what. <laughs> we might as well read our passage. Uh, we'll get into it. I'm doing like an introduction thing here. So uh, let's just read the first few verses of uh, chapter 21 until uh, I think we've gotten about as far as we're going to uh, pro probably get within the next few podcasts, I guess I'd say. Okay, uh, Revelation chapter 21, verse 1, it says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Okay, so there's the first four verses there. Uh, it, it'll be a while to get to that. It'll be a couple of podcasts at least. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, getting back to my introduction here, uh, the light contrasted. Now, in Genesis chapter 1, uh, this light that we're talked about uh, is mentioned in a couple of spots here. Uh, the first mention is in verse 3, and then we'll jump down and read verses uh, 14 through 19. Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, and then uh, down through uh, 14 through 19. It says, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God said, verse 14, and God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth, and it was so. And God made two great lights the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. And God set them. Notice he didn't just cast them. He set them. They are where God wanted to specifically place them. Verse 17, And God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. 
and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Now notice that light arrived on the very first day in verse 3. That's where light said, God said, let there be light. And there was light. There's no mention of the firmament and the stars and the sun and the moon, none of that for several days. As a matter of fact, the fourth day. It's three days later. So notice that light arrived on the very first day. And then God created the sun, the moon, and stars and all that on the fourth day. Now, some argue that, argue that this is an example of error in the Bible. How can light be present without the sun? Well, that's an argument that's based on the fact that if light came from the sun, but it does not come from the sun, how God himself is actually the light. John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus told him in his own words, he said it, I am the light of the world. I am the light. And he was well present before the earth was even created. He was there. Uh, John chapter 1 explains all that. Uh, also note in verse 18, this phrase, it said to divide the light from the darkness. To divide the light from the darkness. Now the sun, the moon, and the stars were all put into the firmament to give light to the earth and to regulate and to divide the daytime from the nighttime. If it were not for these heavenly bodies, there would be no division between the light and darkness. It would either be all dark through the absence of God's personal presence or all light through his continued presence. Uh, now we know, uh, or maybe you don't know, but the fact is our human bodies, after the fall of Adam and Eve, could not handle all light or all dark, physically, mentally, or spiritually. And what I mean by that is before the fall of Adam and Eve, uh, they had sinless, perfect bodies. Okay? When they committed the sin, sin entered life and death entered into their lives. So they had sin within them. They could not be in the presence of God, uh, God's holiness anymore without something blocking that holiness. Um, and, and it reminds you of when Moses was up on the mountain. You remember he asked God if he could see his face. And God says, you can't see my face. If you were to see my face, if any man was to see my face, he would most certainly die. I'm paraphrasing that. It's not the exact words, but that's what he said. Uh, <clears throat> that's what he meant. So uh, what he had to do was, what he did do for Moses was that he covered his face and then after he went by, he removed his hand and let him see the hind parts. The Bible says the hind parts. The afterglow is what a lot of people say about that. Uh, uh, James Knox, I probably mentioned it to you before, he has an awesome message on that 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 scene there, and, and he calls it "What Moses Saw." You can look it up on uh, YouTube, and I'm telling you, it's a, it, it's an amazing uh, sermon. Uh, and, and he factors in that the fact that that Moses wrote uh, Genesis, the creation record. How did he write in such detail? I know God gave him the words, and he wrote down exactly what God told him. But but he seems to have like this uncanny ability, like like he's writing what he witnessed himself. He, he's seen these things happen. The creation of the earth and all. It's like Moses was there. Well, James Knox, in effect, uses this message where it says God passed by and let him see the hind parts. It wasn't saying that he was letting him see the after effects 
of God himself, he, he actually took Moses back in time. He took him back to the beginning uh, in the creation and all that. And he let Moses witness all that. And that was his glory. That, that's what he got to see. He got to see God's glory that way. And, and it says uh, in the following passages uh, that when Moses come down off the mountain, he had so much of God's presence on him. Now, remember, he couldn't see him, but he was in his presence. He was he was there. Uh, but said when he come down out of the mountain, it scared the people so much that they wouldn't even come around Moses. Scared them to death. Um, if we were to witness some kind of holiness like that today, it'd be the same way. We couldn't handle it. So, so this all dark all the time or all light all the time, we couldn't take either one. Of course, all dark would mean that we're uh, subject to uh, Satan's power and, and Satan would kill us immediately. So it, it is the light of God's presence, whether we're saved or not, that, that keeps us and protects us until such time that we are saved or till we deny Christ to the last time and end up dying and, and going to hell for it. Um, I, 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 my life verse, uh, if, if you want to call it that, uh, my favorite verse in the Bible, uh, if you want to flip over there, uh, is Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. Uh, I think it explains it very well. It says, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now, a lot of people understand that and read that as saying, well, God died for us while we were still sinners, but then when we got saved, uh, you know, th th that's what happened. That's not what that verse is saying. That verse is saying that God showed his love towards us in that even while we remain sinners, even those of us that never get saved, Christ still died for those. He didn't just die for saved man. He died for all of mankind, the ones who rejected him too. So that, that's a, a, an incredible verse there. Uh, into the picture of, of the love of God. Uh, all right, now, so uh, we can't have all light and we can't have all darkness. Our human bodies couldn't take that. Now, if you go into, uh, jump over into Revelation, talking about this light, uh, chapter 21, verses 23 through 25 t tells us about this light there. It says, and the city had no need of the sun neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. And you think, well, why don't God do that today? Uh, for the simple reason what I just said about our human bodies. We still have sinful flesh, but in that day, when we come into that city, all of us will have glorified bodies. We will be able to uh, be in the presence of God in that holiness. We will have a body that has been changed uh, <clears throat> Excuse me, back to the nature of, of what it was supposed to be. So again, now when the new earth and new heavens are created, uh, God's presence dictates that it will be continual light and there will be no darkness there ever. Now, note that when we read that in verse 24, it even says the nations of the saved will walk in that light. Now, having reviewed both of these instances of creations of the worlds, 
uh, we can see that if God can make it throughout all eternity without the sun or the moon to give light upon the new earth, then he could certainly have managed to give light to the first heavens and the first earth uh, during the three days prior to the placing of the sun and the moon in the firmament of heaven. So it's not a, a, a long stretch to think that there was light, and then three days later God created the sun and the moon in the initial creation, Genesis chapter 1. That, I mean, he did it. He's going to do it in the future. Uh, he could do it in when it, he could have done it then. Now, again, Genesis 1 4 says, And God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. Remember, we talked about that. He had to separate light and darkness. So that even in creation, God was setting forth a tremendous message to us about separation. In this verse, we already see the presence of light, representing good, and darkness, representing evil. And later, Paul even tells us in 2 Corinthians 6, uh, verses 14 and 15, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers? For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? Now, the call of God, which begins in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 4, represented by the signal of the separation between good and evil, uh, it continues throughout the entire Bible until we come to Revelation 21 and 23 and 25, which we've just read. Inasmuch as in the new heavens and the new earth, there will be no night and no darkness. There will likewise be no sin. There will be no sinners uh, from which believers will be eternally separated from. Okay? So uh, there we go. <laughs> Gives you an idea of overview of what we're getting ready to jump into. And, and here's something else I, I even told the class too uh, when, when we got into the introduction. L listen, for chapter from chapter 4 to chapter 20, we spent a, 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 a tremendous amount of time there. Uh, th that was nothing but judgment. Nothing but judgment, 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 judgment. Now, we did see some moments of grace, of course, in chapter 12 when God saved the nation of Israel there and all that. But I'm talking about as a, as a general uh, uh, storyline, I guess you'd say, a, a general narrative. Uh, it's all judgment. There's the death. There's there's uh, the judgment of the seven seals. There's the judgment of the seven trumpets. There's the seven, judgment of the seven vials. I, I mean, it's like doom and doom and doom and doom, one right after the other. But now, all that's passed. Here we come. God has dealt with the last foe, which is death, and it's it's all life from here. It's it. it I mean, it does mention some things about the second death and all that, uh, briefly. But most of this is all about heaven. It's all about our new home. And so the uh, the new perspective here in this last section of Revelation, it's nothing but glorious. Nothing short of glorious. Uh, a man by the name of Moffat, uh, and I, I really didn't get his full name. I apologize for that. I don't really know his full title or, or who he is. But he uh, made a comment in some of the notes that I had, and, and I wrote it down. And he describes the scene here, <clears throat> and I'm going to quote uh, this man, Mr. Moffat, okay? And I quote, uh, he said, From the smoke and pain and heat, it is a relief to pass into the clear, clean atmosphere of the eternal morning where the breath of heaven is sweet and the vast city of God sparkles like a diamond in the radiance of his presence, end quote. 
And, and that, that's what it is. Like you've come through this dark, scary, tremendous storm and, and all of the smoke is a pulling back and the air is clearing out and you see the bright light and, and the city, everything is so clean. And it kind of reminds you of, uh, of shortly after a, a major rainstorm just comes through. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, this weekend, we, of course, we're celebrating the 4th of July. Uh, we were just at my sister-in-law's place. Uh, and this massive rainstorm come through. And I mean, I bet you the temperature dropped at least 20 degrees. Man, it was hot. And then that rain just come in. I mean, it wasn't no trickle-down rain. It was a gully washer, as we call it. Um, and then after it cleared out, uh, the sun started coming back out. And, and you could just smell it in the air. Everything was just so brisk uh, and clean. And I'm telling you, man, with this stuff going on in Canada about those forest fires and all that, I, if you can hear it in my voice, I have not had a voice in several weeks. Uh, it it kind of picked up about the time I heard about those fires up there. I, I don't know if that's what's causing it or what, but I, I got the frog voice <laughs> for a lot of <clears throat> a lot of time. But anyway, uh, getting back to this. Okay, now in trying our best to explain and understand just what John is describing for us here, we should take note of what James Burton Kaufman suggested in his commentary. And he said, and I quote, we must not be perplexed or confused by the remarkable language of these chapters. Language itself, as a vehicle for the conveyance of thought, is incapable of any adequate portrayal of the reality symbolized. It is impossible to describe heaven. I even underlined that, and I'm going to repeat it again. It is impossible to describe heaven. No metaphor, regardless of how powerful, can really carry the full weight of what the Holy Apostles sought to reveal in this sparkling portrayal of the final home of the soul. Therefore, we shall not spoil the picture by belaboring the symbols nor by literalizing the materials dimensions and conceptions which abound in it. The beauty, riches, joy, and glory of heaven are exceedingly beyond all that people may think or imagine. And the very best description of them can be nothing but a feeble suggestion of their fullness. Nevertheless, we humbly thank God for what is written. and We shall strive to catch a little glance of what it will be like there when the Lord comes to claim his own. End quote. And that's exactly what we're going through the book of Revelation uh, under the that same thought that he had right there. Uh, it shouldn't scare us. It shouldn't confuse us. It shouldn't uh, perplex us and, and be a puzzling thing to us that some of this stuff we just can't explain uh, because we've never been there. Uh, we haven't seen. How do you explain uh, the uh, uh, a, a fourth of the people die in the world with, with the... Uh, what is it? The one, the one seal there. When <laughs> I'm trying to go back and I can't remember it, I'm just trying to pull an example out of my head there. But how do you explain that much death and destruction? Uh, in several places when it talks about these uh, earthquakes like we've never seen, uh, what is that? I, I the only reference I can have to any of this stuff that's even talked about here uh, is when I was serving in the army and I was stationed in Germany at the embassy in U U.S. embassy in Bonn. Uh, we had an earthquake there one night. It wasn't there. Uh, I think the epicenter was actually in the Netherlands. It was like a six point something. I forget. It, I, it was pretty strong. 
I, for some, I'd never been through one. It was very strong. Uh, I woke up. It was like two or three o'clock in the morning. And it scared me to death. I mean, the whole apartment was shaking. Dishes falling out. Glass was crashing and breaking and all of that. And the car alarms going off like crazy. And my bed's just, bump, 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 bump. I mean, it's bouncing across the floor. That was nothing compared uh, to what's going to happen in the Revelation. How do you explain the Empire State Building and how big and tall that thing is uh, unless somebody's been there to see it? You really can't fully explain or understand it uh, unless you've seen it. And, and that's how heaven is. Uh, Ezekiel himself, he tried his best to explain it in, in his book in chapter one. Um, but, you know, you're talking about angels there with looking like wheels that have eyes all over the surface of them. How, how do you explain that? <laughs> how do you understand that? Paul even saw heaven in Second Corinthians 12, but is told not to tell what he saw. I wonder even if God led him because Paul was pretty eloquent. Uh, I wonder how he would have went about even explaining it. <laughs> I, I mean, you're just standing there going, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say. How, how do you explain something? I've never seen it before. And I know you've never seen it. How do you know? And, and here it is. Here we are in Revelation. And, and now we've reached the end of the whole written word of God. And the time has come for John to explain it as best as he can. And God allows John uh, to have more details here than any of the other uh, men who tried to explain it before. And, that, and that's what we're getting into here. And still, at best, uh, it, it only scratches the surface. It, it doesn't really go anywhere. <laughs> it, it's, it's that incredible. Okay, so that's the introduction. and I know it's kind of short, but it's about half an hour. We'll stop there. And uh, I'll continue with uh, verse one in our next podcast. Okay. All right. So thank you for listening. Uh, I hope you have a great day. God bless you. Uh, remember to pray for uh, me, pray for your local church, uh, and pray for the others listening in the podcast. Uh, have a wonderful 4th of July holiday. And let's certainly remember uh, what it's about and how we're able to um, experience freedom. A lot of people don't even know what that's like. Uh, we certainly are fortunate. I know things are messed up, uh, but it's still the best nation on the earth. It really is. And we can only say that in truth. <laughs> okay. Even messed up is still the best place. All right. So we'll close out. And again, thank you for listening. Uh, have a great day. God bless you.